It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> Let's bring back the japes of yesteryear. We just have this long digression about boxing. <laughs> Welcome everyone to a special episode of Cursed or Blurst. Why is it a special episode, Shannon? It's a special episode because instead of doing this in the dead of night in secret as we normally do, we're doing it in the daylight. People probably listen in and don't know what time of day we're doing this. That's true. So we could just be lying right now. We could be, but the reason you can tell that it's morning is that those glasses you just heard were mimosa glasses. Yes. And only mimosa glasses make those sounds, and you can only have them in the morning. That's because then the police will come and arrest you for drinking alcohol at the wrong time of day. Yeah, you can, uh, mimosas are a morning beverage. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And you can probably hear the the sound quality is different because it's the daylight. Mm-hmm. And we've not been worn down by the day. Yeah. You know? We've not been beaten down by, by, by work and by the day-to-day lifingness of life. By the passage of time. That's exactly what wears us down. <laughs> and <laughs> we woke up fresh, went to get some brunch from the shop. Came back, mimosa up. Yeah. And, uh... And here we are. Uh, hopefully this has strong 10.53 on a Sunday morning vibes <laughs> to you listeners. And, uh... But you can listen to this whenever you want. That's true. That's our gift to you. If it's midnight, it's okay. You're free to listen to this. Yeah. This is not the prohibition. <laughs> Segway! <laughs> Do you know it is the prohibition? The movie we just watched. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've gone back to musicals. It's been a while since we've had a musical. It has. When was the last one? Was it Annie? No. No. No, it can't have been. Little Shop of Horrors. That's true. It was Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. This is a different vibe. (laughs) (laughs) This is a musical that I... I think it was the first musical I... Well, okay. How... Are we considering musicals that, like, your school puts on a musical, but it's not a known one. It's written for kids to do at school. Because I did that before... I did those before I did... I was in Mm. Bugsy Malone, which Mm -hmm. is what we're talking about today. Like, is my stint as social commentary number two in The Factory Children? (laughs) Does that count as a musical role? What about when I was the mayor of Hamlin in The Pied Piper? Was that a musical role? Maybe. You could call this your your main stage debut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, in this one, I was only in the chorus, but, like, as a mayor of Hamlin, I had ultimate power. That's true. For a while, until all the children were stolen by the Pied Piper. Right. Well, the townspeople blamed me for hiring the Pied Piper in the first place. That is a risk when you play the mayor of Hamlin. (laughs) I, since then, have only uh, wanted to put in to be a protagonist, because... You know, everyone was booing me as the mayor. Uh-huh. As the mayor, not as me as an actor. No. And uh, you, uh, that's the thing, because if you're playing an antagonist, you're basically saying you support, <laughs> you support <laughs> their decisions. Yeah. You're saying you think it's fine <laughs> I think and it's good. <laughs> when actually I just want to clarify on air <laughs> <laughs> that I do not support hiring a local musician 
as the main form of town pest control. <laughs> and not vetting them. Also, you've got to pay them, because if you don't pay them, then your local musician will steal your kits. What are you saying? I'm saying... That I can't hire the flautist down the street you to can't... get rid of mice? No, you can't, because... <laughs> How and am I supposed to get rid of mice now? That was my only plan. If you... But Shannon, listen. If you hire him to come and sort out a mouse problem, yeah. you have to pay him. But you have to sort out a contract way in advance. This is something I learned in my stint as a mayor of Hamlin. <laughs> sort out a contract, get the piper, pied as he may be, to sign it. Mm-hmm. Because then if he's he's demanding extra money and you, as a local authority, do not have that money, it's actually legal for that flautist to lure your children into a mountain. I don't have any children, though, so... <laughs> but I'm not Maybe sure the mayor... Maybe it's worth the risk. Does the mayor of Hamlin have children? <laughs> I'm not too sure that as a mayor of Hamlin, I had a child. <laughs> but, like, all the townspeople's children were stolen... Spoiler alert, by the way, if you didn't know the plot of the Pied Piper. <laughs> we didn't watch the Pied Piper this week. <laughs> no, we're five minutes in and we've spoken a lot about the Pied Piper <laughs> and mimosas. We watched we watched Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. And you not watched this before. No, this was the first time for me. Had you heard of it before I spoke about doing it when I was a kid? No, I'd never heard of it. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. And this is a good point, I think, to to note that I think people in the UK know, even though it's set in the States, it's more popular in the UK. And this film was made in the it UK. It was made in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and you are not from the UK and you're like, I don't know what you're going to talk about this episode, I might turn it off because I have not got a frame of reference. Please listen to this because it's like, I think I would recommend watching the movie. I would recommend it too. If you haven't seen it, what I would recommend is pausing the episode... Go watch the movie, come back, because we're going to spoil it. Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So that's our recommendation if you haven't seen it. Go watch it, come back, we'll wait. Hi again. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Bugsy Malone. What is it about, Shannon? God, what isn't it about? So Bugsy Malone is set during Prohibition in... Chicago? Or New York. Or New York. They mention both cities. Vague America. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's set in vague America. Yes. And it is about a mob war. (laughs) It's about mob warfare. It's about weapons trading and weapons advances. Yeah. It's about... Murder. And you might be thinking, hang on, I thought this podcast was about children's films. <laughs> There's nary an adult to be seen in this movie. The cast is all children. <laughs> Every single mobster is, is like t- 10 or under. <laughs> Dressed in uh, Prohibition era flapper dresses and <laughs> fedoras. <laughs> These tiny children are in this mob movie, trading guns that shoot cream, like a cream pie sort of filling. Yeah. In these, like, massive shells, they load into these guns that look like beanbag guns or, like, giant water guns. But they're sort of styled like big semi-automatics. Yeah, but they shoot these, like, cream pie-filled shells. You might be thinking, this sounds 
cute if the if if they've moderated the language at all for the kids. And while there are no swears in this movie, <laughs> it's written like word for word like the perfect parody of like a mob movie. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have been the dialogue does not seem to have been written for children other than that there are no swears. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue is is completely played very seriously. It's surreal. <laughs> this reminds me a bit like the school edition of Les Mis. Because obviously, obviously you can't do Les Mis because it's still running on Broadway on the West End. So mm-hmm. there's like rules against doing Les Mis. But you can get the Les Miserables school edition mm-hmm. to perform with your theatre group. And I was in the school Les Mis. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, well, okay, I bet a lot has changed in Les Mis. For example, I bet the prostitute song is no longer there. I bet there's less mass death. Uh, no, no, really, the only thing that they've changed in School Les Mis is, like, a couple of lines, not even lines that are very adult, just things, they've removed maybe, like, five lines to mean it can evade the copyright. <laughs> but it is, like, the exact same as, I've, like, Les Mis, Les Mis. My high school did Les Mis, my Catholic high school did Les Mis, and didn't <laughs> remove anything. They used to have the lovely ladies. Yeah, absolutely they did. (laughs) With a bunch of teenagers. Um, (laughs) Were you in it? No, I wasn't. I just went to see it. I went to support my my high school friends. I can't sing, so I was in in several plays as a child, but never any musicals. What I like about School Lame Miz, and we'll get back to Bugs and Willow in a minute, is that like a lot of schools did it, and if you... (laughs) Everyone who's been in Lame Miz just... There's no dialogue, it's all song, and everyone knows every little bit, and there's so many cameos. Mm-hmm. So, like, someone can ask me, like, oh, what did you play? And I'll be like, oh, well, I was in the chorus, but I was also one of the nuns who worked in the hospital and in the church at the beginning. But most importantly, I was the person who, t- who said, watch out, watch out, it's a runaway car. <laughs> and I'll be like, what about you? Well, I was in the chorus, too, um, but I was the person who said, you at the barricade, listen to this. <laughs> And you'd be like, ah, yes, the barricade listened to this person. (laughs) Yeah, it's the exact same vibes as Bugsy Malone. Like, it's... (laughs) It's quite dark. It's really dark. And so the movie opens with our protagonist, Bugsy, narrating the murder of a member of one of the gangs in an alleyway. He gets, like, cornered down the end of an alley and these, like... Four kids show up with these massive semi-automatics and just, like, splat him with cream. And this is... The movie fully implies that he's dead. Yeah. That this has killed him, even though he just... He gets, like, hit with with cream pie filling. Every time a character is, is, like, singled out to be shot, Mm -hmm. you'll never hear of them again. Yeah. Like, I guess we could get onto this later, because this is, like, a big point of confusion for both of us. Mm-hmm. Should we fire through the plot, plot really quick? I don't think it will take too long. Yeah, let's go through the plot and then we're going to get back to this. Remember this this scene in the beginning. So what happens next? Well, there's a, a prohibition speakeasy bar, mm-hmm. Fat Sam's Grand Slam. Yeah. Everybody who is, everybody will soon walk through that door. Did I mention I was in this musical? Um, and there's showgirls and there's like, it's a place for the mobsters to hang out. Fat Sam is the member, is the leader of 
one of the like gangs in town. Yeah. yeah. He's got his own set of goons. Mm-hmm. There is another gang, Dandy Dan's gang, mm-hmm. and he has a set of goons too. Yeah. And it's hard to tell what the A line, B line, and C line plots of this movie are, but in my opinion, the A line is Dandy Dan's gang has acquired the semi-automatic guns, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the town, including Fat Sam's gang, only have access to actual cream pies as their one weapon. Yeah, and they can easily be like beaten with these with these guns. Mm-hmm. So there's some there's some gang warfare, and Dandy Dan has started to encroach on Fat Sam's part of town, mm-hmm. taking out his allies. I think is targeting the speakeasy itself, like to, as it goes on. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I think just it's probably best to go through this A line, B line, C line. So that's the A line of the plot. And you might ask, the movie's called Bugsy Malone. How is he implicated in this plot? Very little. Very little. Bugsy is always the furthest away from the point in this movie at any given moment <laughs> he's missing what's happening and I doing something else entirely that's right because i think the protagonist is fat sam yeah <laughs> i know the most about his motivations and about because the antagonist is dandy dan and he doesn't even know who bugsy is i yeah, think i don't think he finds out in this whole movie <laughs> <laughs> so who, who is bugsy then shannon Um, Tell me about him. Bugsy was a boxer, but has a glass jaw, so not not literally, but in a in a fun boxer slang sort of way. Yeah, we get a lot of fun boxer slang in this this kids movie. Had to quit boxing and is is trying to uh, woo this showgirl called Blousy Brown. Yeah, she's down on her luck and she needs a big break. She's been trying to audition for various places, including Fat Sam's Speakeasy. Yep. And so Bugsy needs some money because he wants to take her to Hollywood for her big break. So that's kind of how he gets implicated in the gang stuff, is he becomes a driver for Fat Sam at one point. Though he doesn't at any point know why he's driving, what he's doing there, or what's going on. (laughs) Um, and then he gets all his money stolen after he gets paid and has to, he gets beat up in an alleyway, gets saved by a random guy who he then tries to convince to become a boxer. Oh my god. Um, Yeah, and this is, I think, the real victim of the film, Leroy. Leroy's life is, he's got some kind of job, we know this because he's wearing a suit and he's got a briefcase. He's walking down the street and he helps Bugsy Malone out, he saves him from the thugs. Bugsy's like... Hey, I used to be a boxer. You should be a boxer. And Leroy doesn't get a say in this. We swerve into this, like, really long song. Do you want to be a boxer? Can you pass the test? And then, like, he just makes Leroy, I guess, audition to be a boxer. A boxer, and then he's like, I'll be your manager. And I don't know what Leroy's thoughts are on this, ever. And this happens in, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. We just have this long digression about boxing. Um, And then Sam hires Bugsy again to go steal a bunch of the automatic weapons from Dandy Dan. And Mm. Leroy comes with him and they're like, well, there's too many goons here for us to fight. So they go to like a soup kitchen and recruit a bunch of out of work people there into the mob. There's a song, (laughs) which I think is called Down and Out, where... Bugsy's like saying, You're not living your life right now. 
join the mob, you can stop being homeless and you'll have great life prospects. And they all say, sure, we're so desperate, we'll join you. That's the song, and I... Uh, it's so late in the film <laughs> that, like, we never see any negative consequences to this, so it sort of comes across as, like, join the mob, it's a great lifestyle choice, and that's just never questioned. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, that's excellent, we'll just steal a bunch of automatic weapons and nothing will go wrong. And they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and they bring them all back to Fat Sam's bar, Dandy Dan's goons, like show up to shoot up the bar and there's like a big cream pie gunfight at the end. And everyone dies? Question mark. There's some other C plots too, like there's this guy Fizzy who has a the longest song in the movie. Yeah. About how he wants to be a dancer and he keeps auditioning and he keeps on, you know, being told no. He's a janitor in a speakeasy. And um you think, wow, this guy's got the second song in the whole movie. Maybe he's gonna Pop up again. No. No, not at all. And we've got Tallulah, who's the main showgirl. She's um, the girlfriend of Fat Sam. Yeah, played by Jodie Foster. Played by a baby Jodie Foster. <laughs> she's so little. She's like, she can't be older than like 11 or 12. <laughs> but she's doing, I think she's, okay, the kids in this are all good, but she does the best job of acting the age of the character. Yeah. She is, like, fully acting like a jaded starlet in yeah. her, like, <laughs> mid to late 30s. Yeah. She's so good. She's so good. <laughs> fully, like, talking out of the side of her mouth. Yeah. Oh, and her song's weird. Yeah. My name is Tallulah, my first rule of thumb. It's really weird. It's, like, a, it's a very sexualized song, considering that, like... These like ten year old showgirls are singing. Yeah. <sighs> Tallulah got a training in North Carolina. <laughs> What's that mean? I don't know. What's happening in North Carolina? <sighs> I um I don't understand. I don't yeah, I don't really <laughs> understand her plot much at all. Um She's got, like, a bit of a thing going with Bugsy as well that Blousey gets jealous about. Yeah. It's unclear what the movie means by this, because, like, some things, like I said at the beginning, where the the guy gets shot with with cream pie filling and, like, he's clearly dead. There's sort of a similar thing where, like, Tallulah kisses Bugsy on the forehead, and it's unclear if that's meant to be, like, some sort of betrayal in the language of the movie, or if she's literally kissing him on the forehead. Because this is what Blousey gets really mad about and sings the longest song in the world to... (laughs) feel her feelings about it. Yeah. But I'm really not clear on what that's meant to signify. Right, because if it's just a peck on the head, and that's literally what it is, then I think Blousey's way overreacting and is being trash. Yeah. If we're meant to read between the lines and be like, if this was an adult movie, this would be Bugsy and Tallulah making out. Yeah. Then she has a right to be angry. Yeah. It's really unclear. It's very unclear as to, yeah, what that's meant to, what we're meant to take from that. Because Bugsy is then surprised that Blousey is mad, which makes me think it was just a a kiss on the forehead, you know? Yeah. And as things stand in the movie, I think Bugsy and Blousey are the worst characters. Yeah, they are. Because <laughs> if we're taking it literally that Blousey's just getting jealous from nothing, mm-hmm. then she's very selfish and, like, just not very sympathetic as a character. If we're taking Bugsy at face value, which we have no choice but to, mm-hmm. he is forcing homeless people to join the mob. Yeah. 
and he's forcing a guy who doesn't want to be a boxer to be a boxer. Yeah. And that's not good either. That's probably worse. <laughs> Is it? Worse than Blousy just being Worse annoying. than Blousy, That's yeah. what I mean. No, yeah. the mob thing is the, the worst mob thing mob that thing he does. The worst thing. It's the worst thing that he does. So speaking of ambiguous things in the movie, uh, we should talk about the, the cream pie bullet. Yes, let's. So I would say at least 70 to 80% of the time when someone gets hit with, with cream pie filling, they've been shot. Yes. And they often act dead. Yeah. So and they just disappear from the movie. We never see them again. Let's give some notable examples of this just to hammer it home. Yeah. At the beginning, this guy, Roxy something, gets shot. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. People refer to him as such. Another time, when the media finds out that Dandy Dan's goons have these new weapons, Mm -hmm. we go to Dandy Dan's mansion, and all of the goons are lined up, and one of them is (laughs) told off because he revealed to the media that they have the guns. He, like, dropped dropped one of them. So he is killed by firing squad. Yeah. They all have a cream pie and yeah. corner him, and he's like begging for his life mm-hmm. in a really drawn out scene. And they shoot him with cream pie, and we never see him again. Yeah, we sort of zoom into his face in slow motion in the way that we would in a mob movie if someone had just been shot. Yeah. And now he's dead. Yeah. There's a scene where Knuckles, one of, one of Fat Sam's goons, is testing like a makeshift cream pie gun and it it misfires and explodes and he's like dead on the floor covered in cream pie filling yeah we never see knuckles again fat sam is like knuckles no yeah and then all the other of fat sam's goons they are given like a lead about where to find some of these weapons or at least find dandy dan's goons but then they're they're they're, they're trapped they've been tricked and they get shot by Dandy Dan's goons, and then when Fat Sam finds out, he's devastated because it's implied heavily that they are super dead now. Yeah. They don't come back again. This is why Fat Sam needs to hire Bugsy, because all of his goons are dead. Yeah. Plus Knuckles. Yeah. So, one would think then, clearly the cream pie filling means they've been shot, but... To complicate things, there's frequent scenes where people will get shot with cream pie filling... Or it'll, like, ricochet onto them, and they'll put their hand in it and then, like, lick their fingers <laughs> as though it's cream pie <laughs> and not act like... Like, Fat Sam, I think, gets shot in the arm at one point, and yeah. he just doesn't react. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, looks at it and is like, uh-oh, we better leave. <laughs> so that's confusing. Yep. Yeah, and this is often, like, background characters, like, in a restaurant or, like on the street and it'll be either the cream pie method or the gun method Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not clear what the movie's meant to be doing and I think to confuse matters even more this is the biggest case of was it a metaphor all all along or is it only a metaphor now Mm -hmm. is the finale yeah Bugsy has secured all these guns and he's hired people to join the mob Mm -hmm. everyone in the speakeasy sort of knows what's gonna happen they Mm -hmm. know that Dandy Dan's goons are gonna descend upon the speakeasy once and for all so they're sort of like carrying on like a normal day the showgirls are singing people are ordering juice (laughs) There's no alcohol in this. We'll talk about that later. And uh, then Dandy Dan's goons come in. There's a massive shootout. Everyone gets shot. Mm -hmm. It goes on for like three minutes. All the reporters in town are suddenly reporting on Mm -hmm. this big shootout. And they also get shot. Mm -hmm. It's very 
it's edited in a very funny way. And we'll put a link to this song in the description yeah. of this episode, I yeah. think. Because if you don't watch anything else, you should watch this. And everyone is just covered in cream. And in the stage version, very importantly, when this happens, the I think it's in the script, everyone is meant to like drop dead. Covered in cream. And what's interesting is that the first few people to get shot in this scene do that. Yeah. Like, the band gets shot, and the guy at the piano slumps over the piano, and the people holding the, the instruments slump over, and then the reporters all, like, collapse yeah. when they get shot. But, like, the more the scene escalates, the less people are dropping down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more it becomes, like, kids just having a cream pie fight. Yeah. Which is cute to watch. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the last song, which is a reprise of the goons have a song earlier in the movie. We could have been anything that we wanted to be, but they made the wrong choices and became goons. <laughs> this flips it and it's, uh, we, we could be good guys instead of bad guys. And mm-hmm. it's this like quite fun, lively song. Mm-hmm. Everyone sort of revives in the stage show. Like, everyone gets up from the ground and, like, starts dancing and, mm-hmm. like, shaking hands and all the goons are now friends with the, with the other goons. Mm-hmm. Fat Sam and Dandy Dan are now friends again. Mm-hmm. And then Bugsy and Blousy run off into the distance. They're off to Hollywood now. Yeah. End of movie. And this is confusing. So... I've always liked to think of it as a metaphor. You know, in a mob movie, they would have all died in this big shootout. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good message. They could have made different decisions and not joined the mob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not gone into weapons distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, if only they'd made those changes. But they definitely did die. Or is it, has it always been cream pie and no one's died? It's just been a game because they're kids. Yeah. And I think this is is complicated in the film, but one of the strangest aspects of the film is that the singing voices of the kids are dubbed over by adults. <laughs> I think it's especially... Yeah, adults that all sound like chain smokers. <laughs> it's especially noticeable with some of, like, the really little boys <laughs> who have these, like, kind of high, squeaky child voices, and then they'll start singing, and it's like an adult man's booming voice. <laughs> but at the end... The solo singers are still dubbed over, but the chorus is now kids' voices, which has not been the case before. Yes. Um, so whether you're meant to be taking these as, like, mobsters, or it's like they're sort of... This whole thing was meant to be what these kids could have had in their future, but since they're actual kids, they can still, like, change their path and not end up here. The final song is very interesting with all these, like, tiny little kid voices in the chorus, (laughs) and it's like... (laughs) <laughs> Deep adult voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that, the, yeah, previously, like, the most jarring version of that had been, like, the little kid Fizzy who wants to be a dancer yeah. has, like, the most reverberating baritone. And he's just so little. Like, he's, he's very tiny. <laughs> and, like, I, he's got to be younger than ten. Um... <laughs> And this is like a 50 year old sounding voice just crooning yeah. while he, this kid lip syncs to it. Yeah. And there's like a showgirl like sorrowfully dancing in the background to it. Yeah. It's super bizarre. <laughs> and and this is why I chose this movie for Cursed or Blurst because yeah. it's just this weird dichotomy of like an incredibly serious subject matter yeah. and 
like if we're taking it as you know, an actual metaphor for the mob. Mm-hmm. All characters die. Every single character we see explicitly gets shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> there's tiny little cute kids and it's cream pie. Yeah. I Listen, I loved performing this as a kid because that's just rehearsals upon rehearsals and like dress rehearsals, live shows of just throwing around cream pie. Yeah. And this got me in trouble later on in my theatrical career because I... We must have been using safe cream. We mm-hmm. must have been using actual cream pie cream. And therefore thought, this is fine to throw around into people's faces. <laughs> it, a later pantomime a few years after that, I was still a kid but a bit older, there was uh, a scene in the pantomime... It, Cinderella- it was Cinderella, and the two ugly stepsisters were, like, throwing cream pie at their- each other's faces. Just the two of them. Mm-hmm. But at the after-show party, uh, all this stuff was sort of, like, left around the back. And it was shaving foam that was being used for the cream. <laughs> and I thought, let's bring back the japes of yesteryear. So many of these kids were also in Bugsy Malone. We're all, like, dab hands at cream pie fights. We were all in the mob. Mm-hmm. So I distributed the shaving foam to children, and many children's eyes were injured. Oh, no. And I got bollocked. <laughs> and uh, I know, I had to admit to that on air. I know what I did was wrong. I didn't realise shaving foam wasn't good for your eyes, but I should have thought about science. It could have been anything that you wanted to be. <laughs> But it's not too late to change. <laughs> oh, I chose to be a theatrical goon. Yeah. I was not a goon in our stage version. I was I was like an attendee of the speakeasy. I was like a boxer. I was a down and out. That's not a good term, but that's what they are in the movie. Mm. I'm one of the homeless people who's in, uh, encouraged to join the mob. Mm-hmm. Really wanted to be a goon, though. Wasn't old enough or mm. m- male enough to be cast as one of the goons. <laughs> but I love them. Like My favourite song in the movie is the first We Could Have Been Anything That We Wanted To Be. There's like these, I think five of them in like perfect high order, just like walking down the street doing silly like mobster walks, yeah, getting into trouble, singing this really good song. It was so good. Excellent dance number. Excellent dance number. And I thought these goons lasted longer, but they get shot like like immediately after that song. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite song? Oh, I think the final song was my favorite song. With yeah. the, the goon song as a close second. Yeah. The the goon song I think is the best scene. I think the choreography is amazing. They're like lined up and like sort of tap dancing. Good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I also I, I think the final song was my favorite one. And uh, my least favorite song was the blousy song. Yeah, the really long like one. Like an ordinary fool. That one. It's excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like a really... if You know the bit in High School Musical where Gabriella sings her song and it's extremely forgettable oh. and you go and refill your popcorn while you're yeah. watching? It's like if that was three times as long. Yeah. <laughs> it's so long that many plot points happen during the song. Like it cuts to um, Bugsy spying on Dandy Dan. Oh my god, Dandy Dan! Okay, <laughs> this is the main villain. And so I, you can tell that, like, some of the kids are actually American. Mm-hmm. Like, Jodie Foster. Yeah. 
She's American, right? I think she's not American. secretly Canadian. I don't think she is. We usually get a list every year. <laughs> Celebrities <laughs> that are secretly Canadian so we can pepper it into conversation. That's so true. Like, my experience in Canada was people being like, Drake's from Toronto. Did you know that Ryan Reynolds is Canadian? <laughs> yeah, Jodie Foster is American. <laughs> okay. Not only Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, too. Yeah. And Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rose Rogen, the voice of Vancouver Public Transit. Exactly. Which I love. <laughs> Some of the kids are American, but I think most of them are just, like, kids that they just found in the UK. Yeah. Most of them haven't gone on to other things in acting. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of tell that some of the accents are, like, kids from London Mm -hmm. doing, like, some sort of Brooklyn accent. Yeah. They're not good at it, like, what I am. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna do it. (laughs) (laughs) And Dandy Dan has, like, the most obvious English accent ever, but he's got, like, the best vibes. He has such this, like... (sighs) Powerful... Like, he's, like, super intense. Yeah. And... I don't know, he's the best best villain performance I've seen for years. <laughs> he's very good. And it's just like, yeah, especially with the sort of mo- the big mobster characters, Dandy Dan and Fat Sam, just like these tiny children just giving off the vibe of like a Disney villain. <laughs> yeah, they're so fast talking. Yeah. They've got all this gangster slang. Yep. They like... Fat Sam's got these, like, big, like, angry monologues and he'll flip stuff over yeah. and, like, threaten to throw cream pies at his goons. You can kind of see Dandy Dan, like, threatening James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, some of the kids are... Uh, are I, I think none of the kids are bad. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... Uh, God, it's such a strange movie. It's such a strange premise. Mm-hmm. Shannon. Yes. I'm really glad that you're able to watch this movie because I've been like going on about Bugsy Malone <laughs> for like the longest time. Do you think Bugsy Malone was cursed, blessed, or blessed? I'm gonna give it a high blurst. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed watching it. It was really a lot of fun. I would I would recommend any of our listeners watch it, which is not always the case with Blurst films. No. But I would recommend our listeners watch it. It is very bizarre, and, like, just, there's aspects of it that we've covered that make it impossible for it to be fully blessed. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a really interesting and fun film. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to give it a high Blurst. Nice. What about you? Yeah, this is the quintessential Blurst for me. Like... As you said, there's reasons it can't be blessed. Yeah. Like, you can't have the main character have a song that's framed at uh, uh, him being correct, where he's encouraging homeless people en masse to join the mob, and the next we see of those homeless people, they're all shot to death. That's not a blessed film. <laughs> By any means. No. Like, that's one of... <laughs> that marks the film. That mars the film. Yeah. Um, but it is... Very inventive. The kids all do a great job. The music's quite good. Yeah. And um, and I think sometimes we cover musicals on this podcast and, like, there are only two memorable songs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why is this a song? 
you know? Well, especially Annie, all those sort of in-between songs yeah. that aren't really, like, one thing or the other. They're just to kill time. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Yeah. To some extent, Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. Um, but this is... There are some songs that feel redundant, but they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they're performed well. And I think it's a good stage musical, like, just adapted straight from, from the movie. Um, and for me, yeah, I'm just sort of, like, personally attached to it, too. Because I was in it. I really liked it. I mean, all my friends were in it. We got to throw cream at each other. Um, one thing that I quite like about uh, the last song in particular, because it goes from a reprise of We Could Have Been Anything to the whole You Give a Little Love and It All Comes Back to You bit, which goes on for a long time. Um, it's very nice. And uh, there was a memorial service a few years ago for a woman in the village who uh, helped out with costuming and like set design stuff um, a lot with uh, with the village's theatrical productions and she I think started helping out with Bugsy Malone so at her memorial service like a lot of us who were involved like were together with the choir and we performed this last song it was very touching I actually got sad when we were watching this the other week but like you know, and also, and this is now more stupid than what I was going to say about Noreen's wonderful memorial service. <laughs> I've made you watch Dick and Dumb in the Bungalow before. There's <laughs> this kid's show in the UK <laughs> that was on the CBBC channel for a long time until the BBC, I think, eventually banned it because it was just too stupid. Literally, it's got a history of the BBC wanting to ban it for a long time. <laughs> and it's just like... Kids are in this sort of like studio that's set up by like a by a bungalow, like a like a bungalow. There's these two guys, Dick and Dom, and they've got like a bunch of stupid challenges, and they always have these like sort of food fight type things mm-hmm. with what is basically custard. They call it creamy muck muck, and <laughs> like randomly at the end of one episode, they recreated the last scene, which is quite a long scene of Bugsy Malone, where everyone is dead from having a custard fight and sings the entire song. Which is quite a heartfelt song. And it's just, like, random little kids. We'll leave that link in the description as well. (laughs) So when I was a kid and I was watching Dick and Dumb in Da Bungalow, and I really can't believe I'm talking about this on Castle Well, actually, I can fully believe it. Um, And I'd been in the Bugsy Malone musical. I was very touched that someone else had, like, been, you know, as as, as touched by the song. (laughs) To put it at the end of what is it, pro- probably the most ridiculous thing that was on TV in my entire childhood. Yeah. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like a from the heart blurst for me. Yeah. But it can't be a blurst. It can't be a blurst, <laughs> but it is a blurst that is fully worth watching. And sad geez, everyone. <laughs> this is one of our last episodes. Yeah, we're winding down. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm moving back to Canada to start my PhD, so we're going to be finishing up the podcast when I move out, um, save for we'll probably do some, some remote reunion episodes every once in a while. Let's not forget that the Eurovision Song Contest takes place every year. Yep. Eurovision, <laughs> there's going to be another Princess Switch movie. I don't think we're going to be able to ignore that one. Yeah. Um, we, we've we just done an episode on 101 Dalmatians, and now Disney's saying that they're making a Cruella prequel villain movie. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So we're not we won't be gone for good, but uh, our regular uploads um, will stop within the next month or so. Yeah. So I would say this is probably the last possible episode. That if you wanted to suggest anything, you feasibly could. Yes. Which is why I'm mentioning this. Yeah. So if you if we haven't covered something that you think is a strong contender for being a cursed or blessed movie from a a childhood, yours or someone else's, <laughs> yeah, you can uh, message us on Instagram. We're at cursed or blessed, mm-hmm. or I don't know, t- tell us in person. <laughs> message one of us if you know us. Yeah. You know, get in touch, and we'll see what we can do. We've, I think, decided, even though it's been brought up a lot, not to do Watership Town. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's too much of a bummer. It's a huge bummer, and we don't <laughs> want to. And whose podcast is this, anyway? <laughs> so if you give us suggestions, we'll take them into account. And this is a rabbit-free zone. Possibly ignore them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing. We're not definitely going to do what you suggest. You might yeah. have a bad opinion. <laughs> We've had a couple other films we've considered and then decided they might not be interesting to talk about. Movies I like, like The Princess Diaries, I think might be too good. Maybe. Um, yeah, there's movies that we thought would be perfect but ended up not being that perfect. Like Matilda. We watched all of Matilda. Yep. We didn't touch we it. We didn't. Space Jam. Space Jam. We've tried so hard to watch Space Jam. We did in the end. We managed to find it. And it was, the only cursed element of Space Jam was that Bill Murray was in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's eat Spy Kids. Yeah. We hunkered down for the night to watch Spy Kids. We were so convinced it was going to be a thing. But it was just too stupid. Yeah, there wasn't really much to say that wasn't, like, weird or strange on purpose. Um Yeah. This is like a little fun behind the scenes for you listeners, huh? Yeah, to see what we've done. Sometimes we watch two or three movies before we manage to make an episode on one of them. Sometimes <laughs> if there's like a gap of more than two weeks, it's because we've tried but nothing's happened. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's it's we're on holiday and yeah. sometimes... Sometimes we watch School of Rock and realize there was yeah. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with School... The, the worst thing about School of Rock is that he impersonates a teacher and he doesn't have, like, uh, the right certification to teach kids. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of his character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like... It wouldn't have been a very... It, that would be an ice-cold take from us on School of Rock. <laughs> a strangely excellent film. <laughs> yeah. That would be, like... Uh, the Pied Piper is, is a cursed movie because the mayor doesn't pay the Pied Piper and the Pied Piper steals the kids. And it's like, but that's a plot, though. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them are good people. Yeah. So that would have been a School of Rock problem. So uh, so that's why there's been gaps. Yeah. We have been working our, our little touches off on this mm. podcast. You now have a t-shirt. I now have a Cursed or Blurs t-shirt. <laughs> One of a kind at the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna get one too. Um, for a while, we were thinking about making commemorative stickers. <laughs> we still could. We still could do but that. We've got people living in the UK and Canada and America primarily who listen to us, and I'm mm-hmm. not too sure how we can get stickers to all three places. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you want a sticker, please let us know. Yeah, send us a message on Instagram if you'd be interested in like a cursed or blurst laptop sticker. I was going to you were going to leave it at laptop. We're not offering Castle Blurst laptops. <laughs> we're going to start doing Castle Blurst weaponry if you yeah. want a cream pie gun. 
<laughs> with a castle blast sticker. <laughs> we can't do that. That's uh it's illegal to have things that look like weapons. That's true. Just out and about. Yeah. It's not safe. It's not gun safety. No, it's not. Well, um, that was a nice bit of housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will, we do still have a few more episodes left. Yeah. Uh, so you'll be hearing from us regularly for the next maybe month or so, and then uh, we'll start to wind down, but... We'll be back and keep following us on Instagram because we'll announce every time we have a new episode out. Yeah. Probably a couple times a year. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And like for sure, for sure Eurovision. For sure Eurovision, so so catch us for that and yeah, catch us for whatever garbage Netflix puts out at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, as ever, thank you for listening. <laughs> like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> I said like, rate, and subscribe at the end of a Zoom teaching call recently <laughs> at the end of Coding Club. I was like, thanks for coming to Coding Club. Like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs> to what? <laughs> Smash that subscribe button, folks. <laughs> <laughs>